Hey, welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with me. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Let's let a professional handle this. <laughs> this is Hoops Coaching A to Z with my husband, Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into all things coaching. Come join us as we visit with some of the best coaching minds in the business to help grow our profession. Here you go, honey. Back to you. Well, welcome back, everybody, uh, to, to this week's episode. I've got a special guest. Uh, this guy reached out to me on social media a few days ago, or I guess now it's been a couple weeks. He's got a book. He's got a book out, and, and, and he wanted me to, to, to read it. And uh, as, as a lifetime learner, I, of course I said, yes, I'd read it. And I, I joked with him that, that if the book wasn't any good, I wasn't going to even respond back to him. Uh, but needless to say, we're here. So I enjoyed the book. Uh, everybody, let's welcome Mr. Dan Horowitz. How are you, Dan? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat with you today. Well, well, Dan is a motivational speaker. He does some team building uh, consultant stuff, and we'll get him to talk a little bit about that with us. College recruiting advisor. The book we're talking about is called Help Them Up, 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Your Team and Build a Championship Culture. And so, Dan, one of the things I did, I think you'll get a kick out of, was our, our kids, we, 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 we're doing tryouts right now, and we've got a week with them. But exams are right around the corner. And so what I wasn't going to do is make them read your book. However, what I did do was you got 14 great points, and we'll talk about some of these points later, is I made a copy of all 14 of them, took the two I thought most matched my seniors and gave them those and had the seniors then distribute one of the topics to to the other players and and so sometime this week we'll we'll discuss those so uh so you know it it was just something I thought you know our kids could benefit from I know I enjoyed your book and so hopefully we'll have some feedback from you here real soon for it wow that's that's really a great idea and I'm excited to hear the feedback that uh, that your team shares with you yeah, you, you know, one of the things, and, and I'm not going to go into all of these because we're going, we'll, we'll give you some information where you can reach out to Dan and get you a copy of this. But we'll talk about some of the 14 principles. But one of the ones that jumped out to me was just uh, just the organized stretching b- before practice. Uh, and, and so I gave that to one of my seniors and, and I, I'm, I gave that intentionally. I, I want her to be the one who helps put together our stretching, who helps organize it, and, and is kind of in charge. And so one of the cool things was actually on Monday, the first day, I didn't say a word. I, I stepped back. Our kids normally come in, come in the gym and do a little little form shooting and, and kind of get, get moving. And I just stayed back and was back there kind of chatting with my assistant coaches and we're just kind of observing and next thing you know, my girl calls everybody in and they they get in their stretch lines and she starts running the show. So, you know, senior leadership at its best. Wow. And I think it's so empowering when you you pick a leader on the team to to do something that's very important and 
Um, that was one that I learned from UConn woman. And it was in the first 15 minutes of practice. It was the most uh, memorable thing that I was a part of and watching the UConn woman uh, be synchronized with their warmups. I felt like it was um, worth it to share with others. So I'm glad that was one you liked. It, it, it was. And, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you when we, when we spoke over the phone, I, I went up to the, went over to the final four in new Orleans, the men's final four and, and had a chance to watch both Villanova and Kansas practice. And it's really neat for me when you watch two teams practice and you see two totally different stretches. You see totally two totally different warm-ups, but obviously both successful. And so that's the great thing about, about a book like yours. You can take these principles and, and apply it to any team. And, and I think that they, they all work. Yeah, and I've noticed that too. Every team's different. I uh, had an opportunity as well to be behind the scenes at an NCAA uh, I think it was, uh, was it a uh, sweet 16 elite eight and Texas tech. I was in the back hallways kind of helping set up the locker rooms and Texas tech had all like music going and they're all pumping each other up. And then a Villanova was there as well. And I didn't see them in the locker room, so they might do something similar, but uh, their approach is a little different. And, and like you said, equally both a uh, very elite program. So really cool to see all the different ways people choose to, to spend with stretching because that's something that every team does. No, no question. No question. Well, Dan, before we kind of dig into your book and talk about some other things, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are right now. Yeah. So grew up uh, loving all sports and favorite sports, probably the one I was playing at the time, whether it was football or soccer, basketball or, or baseball. And I have a twin brother named Ben and uh, an older brother named David, and we all would play a lot and um, at school, we played during recess. So I just kind of fell in love with the sport and and um, went on to to play at Newberry College, Division Three in Boston, and then coached at the Division Three level for a few years. And now I'm coaching uh, at a high school. Um, I work at a high school and I'm the JV coach and the middle school assistant. And it's been really cool to implement a lot of these principles. And I think the best part of of Coaching is just getting to connect with these kids and build relationships with them and and make them feel good and, and feel confident and, and build their self-esteem. And um, I would say the highlight for me after this past season implementing all these principles was we have a, a hoop outside of our school and the kids have about 20 minutes of club time and they can choose to do what they want. And almost our whole JV team is out there playing uh, every day. And so I think just their love of the game is, uh, is something that, you know, hopefully we we, uh, I guess, strengthened this past season. So that was, uh, that's been pretty cool to, to see. Yeah, it, you know, it is, it's about, particularly on your level and a level that I'm, that I'm in, you know, it, it's about having them play, participate in something they love, but, but also to, to see a group, in my case, young ladies, you know, grow from, from these awkward little seventh and eighth grader great girls into the these these athletes these these female athletes that you know do do these amazing things i you know i i'm at a school where where traditionally we don't our girls don't really aspire to be college basketball players or wnba players i'll have one once in a while but but they love to be part of a team and they love to compete. And, and so I think all of these lessons that that we we share with them, I, I think I think the important thing is 
to have them get to the point where they they utilize them in their sport, but more importantly, learn that these things carry over after sports and carry over into life and, and into the, the next phase of, of whatever they, they decide to do. And I think that's why a lot of people like yourself get into coaching because of the positive impact you could have on their lives. And, you know, I'm sure you had a coach uh, growing up that really, um, you know, inspired you to, to be a coach. Is, would you mind sharing? I, I'm, I'm not sure if you've shared that on your, your podcast before, but is there one coach that stood out to you that really had a positive impact on you? Wait a minute, Dan, you asking the questions here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, I, and I, but I do I appreciate you asking that. Uh, actually, my, my first coach was my dad. Um, my, my dad, it's, uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that and I, I'd be happy to share. My dad was my, my park league coach, you know, from, from, I guess, six, seven years old, uh, on up. And he coached me in just about every sport. And he was kind of the first, my, well, he was my first coach. And, and so he really inspired me and all of my park league coaches, man, they, they, they were great. The one of the unique twists to that was I went to college to be an engineer and found out pretty quickly that I didn't have the background or the brain power to be to be an engineer. And I'll never forget when I shared with my dad that I was changing my major from engineering to education and or going into coaching. He wasn't he wasn't in favor of it. He, he, he kind of frowned upon that. And I don't know if, if it's because it was something he did as a dad that was volunteer. I don't know that he thought about that truly as a career path. But the, but the, the coolest thing about it is he is my biggest fan right now as in, in, in coaching. Uh, we, he, he comes to all of our games. Uh, he, he loves my team's. He, we always, uh, when I see him the next day or a couple days later, he always has, has input about the game. And when we play on the road and he can watch it on TV, he watches them on TV. And so, so I'm glad you asked that, but yeah, my, my dad was my inspiration as a coach and, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of neat that, uh, my friends from high school who were in their fifties, they still call my dad coach as well. So yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. And I think there's a lot of um, parent and, uh, you know, son or daughter um, coaching duos that happen. And um, it's great that yours was a really good uh, experience for you. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it is. I shall share one more thing with you and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into your book a little bit. Uh, just talking about making an impact. So uh, our starting post player for next year, she's a golfer. And uh, and yesterday they had their first round and I don't know a whole lot about golf and the terminology. I'm not a golfer at all, but but she uh, she struggled a little bit. She struggled a little bit. And uh, the, the team was still a couple strokes up. And so uh, today I knew they were teeing off about noon. I got my book out, Jay Billis, Toughness and uh, you know, I'm a highlighter, you know, in, in your book, I've got my highlights and, and underlines. And, and there was a couple things I found in there that, that kind of I thought could, could uh, translate into golf as well. And uh, I, I, I took, a, took a picture to, of it and, and sent it over to her this morning. 
and uh, just told, Hey, you know, I believe dinner and I know she's going, she was going to do well. And so literally on my way, driving home to today, uh, I get a call from her. Uh, they won the state championship in golf. And she told me, she said, coach, I took what you told me uh, in that message and I really applied them on those last two holes, and it, and it helped. Uh, it helped us pull it pull it out. So I, I, you know, it, it doesn't get any cooler than that. <laughs> wow! And at the biggest stage for her to win a state championship, and to for you to be a small piece of that, and for her to give you credit, it sounds like she's a very humble, you know, person as well. You, you, well, I don't know about humble. You don't know her very well. <laughs> no, but it's just, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, she's just a, she's a, an amazing athlete. One of the funniest quotes I'll share with you uh, of her, and I'm going to make sure I, I talked about her on the podcast today. Uh, she's, a, she's a great kid. I had a chance to coach her sister a couple years ago, sister, tremendous athlete as well. And her baby sister is one of those players right now that's a, a rising ninth grader that's going to be competing for a varsity spot. But I remember joking with her one day. I, I, I'll go ahead and say her name on it. Noel is her name. Uh, I said, Noel, why don't you play AAU basketball? Why don't you leave that old man sport alone? You know, and you know, just messing with her. And, and her quote to me, I'll never forget, was, well, coach, there's a lot more deals done on the golf course than there are on the basketball court. So, <laughs> so <laughs> touche to her. She's a... <laughs> She's a heck of a lot smarter than I am about life. I probably need to be playing golf just like she does. <laughs> wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, congratulations to, to Noel and the Lady Bulldogs and the guys, our, our boys and girls, both won the state championship in golf. And Coach Jay Cozio, uh, congrats. And, and Coach uh, uh, Coach Bame is still coaching our boys. So congrats to all you guys if, you, if you're mm. listening. Um so Dan, let's let's dig into your book because I don't want to keep you on here all night. But uh, again, fourteen principles to educate, energize, and empower your team to build a championship culture. Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip. Whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort, let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out. We'll help you. Hey, honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. Again, 14 principles to educate, energize, and empower your team to build a championship culture. Why don't you, if you don't mind, sh let's share one or two of them and, and kind of tease, tease our audience a little bit and let them know what's in store in your book. Yeah. So um, I, th I, I have a few uh, right here. So I'll, I'll share three and, and kind of make them concise. Um, and the first thing I want to say is for my philosophy uh, in terms of coaching and just in general, I uh, just like how I try to lead my life. Uh, I like really like the quote, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And, you know, where you're coaching people, not players. And so, 
you know, I think everybody needs to keep in mind that you're, you're working, um, you know, with, with people outside of the court and the impact like we've talked about you can have is so much greater than what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe that if you follow these principles, you'll, you'll have a chance to be competitive in almost every game you play. So um, with that said, I learned all this from other coaches from the youth, high school, college and professional levels. And they spent uh, a lot of time speaking with me on the phone or emailing, uh, allowing me to come to practices and games. So everything I'm going to share are things that I've learned from others and uh, from the best, some of the best teams in the country. So well, the well, Dan, one, Dan let, yeah. me pause, let me pause you for one second. So, and you don't even need to preface it with that because, you know, I don't know how old you are. You're, you're a lot younger than me. I'm 55 years old and I have not one original idea. So <laughs> that's what, that's what us coaches do. We borrow and steal from other good coaches. So, so you're on the right track, pal. So, so, so go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so, well, two of the teams that I learned from was the UConn women, um, got to go to a practice, like I said, and then Yale men's basketball here in Connecticut as well. Coach Jones, very, uh, just an unbelievable leader in, in person and uh, gotten to know him over the years. So those are a few of the teams that, uh, that I've learned from. And uh, yeah, so the first one is touches uh, that I wanted to share. And there was an NBA study that said the teams that touch more win more. And so that's something that we can all control. So a few examples of this for the listeners and the whole point of these principles are things that hopefully don't take uh, time away from practice. They're things that you can kind of do, you know, in the, I guess, in the flow of practice, except for the accountability circle that's at the end that I, I think is very important. But uh, an example would be like, anytime you run by a teammate, you could give them a high five, uh, something very small, uh, but very intentional as well. And that builds trust and camaraderie and things like that. For our team, we really focus on layup lines and giving everybody a high five and layup lines on the free throw line after they shoot their first free throw. If it's two free throws, it's a great way for all four teammates to run over and give a teammate and some encouragement uh, to the player shooting. Uh, during stoppage, if a player throws the ball out of bounds and they put their head down or something like that, a teammate can run over, pat them on the back and, and you know help them move on to the next play. And then uh, when somebody gets uh, subbed out, uh, you know, it's a great time to give them a high five as well. So just the teams that touch more, uh, science, uh, you know, has shown that uh, you, know, you win more. And um, something I like to do in practice is when it's a water break, I'll say, give five teammates a high five and then get water. And they, sometimes, you know, they're a little, you know, they, they run around and they kind of, maybe they <laughs> they don't love doing it, but they learn to have fun with it. And, um, you know, as the season progressed, they really got into it and, and would give more than five high fives. And uh, it shows that I value that stuff. And even the player that can't add a lot of value on the court, uh, that's something that they can do and, and make them feel included as well. That, that, um, that's, a, that's a really good point is, is yeah. you know, a, a lot of these lessons, it takes zero talent uh, in anybody from, from your best player to an All-American to, to the person who rarely plays in the game can do any of these things. Uh, you know, after I read that, that segment or as I was reading that segment, I just had this visual and, and, you know, we're in the NBA playoff right now and you very seldom see a player shoot a free throw that after the first free throw, they don't touch hands with, with all four other players. So it's interesting that, that, that study, and, you know, those guys, they're on top of analytics and, and all of those studies. So they know that. And, and obviously most of those teams are applied at well. So yeah, real good one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Feel free to chime in anytime. There's a 
No, that's great, great knowledge. I also heard, uh, I think, um, for the Spurs, um, uh, now I'm blanking out. Who's the, the Spurs head coach? Oh, uh, Coach uh, Popovich. Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. Coach Pop. Yeah. So I heard in the office um, or, or some article that he tries to do uh, like a pat on the back or fist bump, like a touch with everybody that he interacts with just because that builds that camaraderie. So that's just, you know, at a business level for anybody that's, you know, not in the sports uh, realm, that, that's a way to kind of build build that as well. The, the next one that I really love, and honestly, it's probably my, the, the hardest thing to do this year was to get our team to huddle up after a shooting foul. And if a fan was to like walk into the gym and, and watch your game, would they be able to tell that your team is united and connected? Like, that's like a, you know, a question I like to like ask our team, like, would they be able to tell how like close we are? Um, and, and can they tell that we care about each other? And the huddle is a great way to, to accomplish like displaying unity and my twin brother who I mentioned, Ben, he's a division three coach at Hobart college in New York. And they huddle up every single shooting foul, like not sometimes, not when they're winning, not when they feel good, like every single time. And it does a few things for people that don't aren't aware of it or why teams do it. The first one is if, if it's against your team or um, for your team, it's a time where you can't complain to the ref. You know, there's no time for yeah. a player to complain about the call that, you know, they fouled somebody um, or if they got fouled and they want to just to go on their their own way, just right to the free throw line. It's a great way for all five players to come together, pat them on the back um, and you say, knock these free throws down or move on to the next play if they fouled. And so that's like the first thing it does is it kind of gets rid of the players yelling at the refs. The next one is like, it's great to communicate a message so they can call out an offensive or defensive play and um, almost like a mini timeout because you have about 10 seconds when the ref is going to the, um, to the scorekeeper to tell them who the foul is on. And um, it also helps players move on to the next play um, just because sometimes players, the game's so emotional, it's loud, the fans are going crazy. So for all five players to be on the same page, um, you know, that's really important. And then I would say the last part of like making the huddle effective is the head coach making a signal to their players. And so after a shooting foul, we do, we put our hands together um, and kind of intertwine them. And that's like, we say huddle, huddle. And, um, and we would practice it like every day and practice during our, our like a scrimmage because it's not just going to happen in games. Um, and so we practiced it a lot. And one time, uh, since there was an inter-squad scrimmage, all 10 players like made their own huddle by accident because they forgot who was on at whose teams. Um, but it took a lot of time for them to really get on board with it. But it's been really effective. And you'll see, you know, from the USA Olympics, there's like if you type in huddle, like it's a men and women, something that they do. And um, yeah. So have you, Coach, have you seen uh, huddles and what are your thoughts on them? You know, as we're talking about it, one of the things, and and I'm almost embarrassed to say if when I I read this, but I want to want to say at some point our high school association was kind of trying to avoid that. Uh, I guess to to maybe speed up the the free throw process. I don't think they wanted us to huddle. Uh, at, in that situation. And again, I could be making this up in my own mind, but a, as you're talking, my wheels are spinning. And so the first thing that, that I, I want to do is find out if in fact we can do that. Mm. Um, and if we can, and if we can, it, it, it's definitely something that, that, that I think is an, a great idea. 
but I don't know why I'm thinking that they tried to stop us from doing that. But because again, you know, taking that, you know, four or five seconds, if you multiply that over the course of the game, I could see how it could, it could extend things. And, you know, you know, officials, they're always trying to find a way to make a new rule. So I, I, I definitely need to check on that, Dan, because I, I think it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I have, I have um, heard that some reps will try to do that. I would also argue that it could be a quick huddle. It's more about like, Yes. You know, I don't think our team did a great job of maybe what was said in the huddle. I think that's the next level of it, like what's communicated. But the most important thing is putting your arms around each other and just communicating something positive um, or or like, hey, you, you got it. You can't get beat back door. Like make sure you see your heads on a swivel kind of thing. Just like a quick point. Um, but teams will kind of, I guess, uh, take their time with it. And that's when I can understand why refs would um, argue. But I did have a friend who coaches in Ohio. He's actually a sophomore in college at Xavier, but he's a JV head coach. Um, so very impressive that he's doing that. And he was like, have you ever had a ref uh, a few days ago? Ask, did they ever yell at you for the huddle? And we never had that happen. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully you'll, if so, definitely let me know. And maybe I'll, I'll write a, a nice kind email and see what they have to say. <laughs> I, I will. I will for sure. Um, yeah so huddling up uh, one that's really close to my heart Um, and then uh, the last uh, the last one well I'll say I'll do two more quick ones but help them up the name of the book Um, and you mentioned you know watching Villanova like it was a championship uh, semifinal against Kansas I think 2018 and um, Jalen Brunson uh, got knocked over at half court and all four players within three seconds sprinted over like full speed sprint and lifted him up. And Jay Wright, um, you know, one of the greatest culture guys of all time, going to miss seeing him on the sideline. They all, he took a step, uh, a few steps towards to help him up. And then he saw his guys sprinting in and uh, you know, that team had some, some NBA guys on it, uh, current NBA guys now. So it's just great to see that that was like something they, they preached and emphasized um, and then that shows unity so much if a player falls over and nobody runs over and helps them up. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of sad to see. So I um, wanted to mention that one. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the, the helping them up before I share my last point. No, no, I, I do. That is something my team is very good at. And, okay. and, uh, and it, it, it's something, you know, at some point, I, I can't really put a finger on it when, when one of the coaches or myself or one of us, had emphasized that, but, but it's something our kids do and, and, and still do today. And I, and I, and I, I agree with you. I, I think it, it, it shows so much to everybody in the gym when a player goes down uh, that, you know, Hey, I, I'm, that's, that's my teammate. I'm going to go get her. You know, uh, a little funny sidebar that was, it wasn't funny at the time, but uh but but I remember we had a player get injured once, uh, and and the God bless the the girl on the other team was still kind of in the area, and one of my girls comes swooping in and kind of pushed her out of the way, like you know I got this, mm. you know uh, you know so so yeah you, you know it, it's it, it showed a little grit you know you, you <laughs> want I want my girls to be good sports and and the whole deal but when you see something like that as a coach you know you you do kind of kind of grin a little bit inside thinking yeah. you know she she's definitely got her back you know yeah. so uh, but but yeah that's the, I I love to see that in a team help, helping your teammate up. Mm. And that story that you shared, it's like a pride thing. Like you want to be the one to help your teammate up. And 
And, uh, and the title comes from my twin brother who could be the farthest person down the court. And he would somehow be the, one of the two people to grab a hand and, and help him up. And we had a situation this year uh, in our game where a kid on the other team fell over and nobody helped him up. And I said, like, hey, like, I know we're playing hard and stuff, but like, if you see that, like, you can help the other team up, too. And uh, it was a, a very small kid that fell over and three of our kids like lifted him up really quick. And, um, and that made me really proud that, uh, you know, that they cared about that stuff and know that I value that stuff. And especially at the JV level, um, you know, I think it matters, you know, at any level, but that's where, you know, I really think that kids are more willing to maybe buy in because, um, you know, they're not, maybe not the most talented kids, but they're kids that want to contribute and, and have an impact. And that's, you know, a great way to show sportsmanship. Um, yeah. So help them up. And then the last one, and uh, I'm curious, you know, just because you, you've been coaching for so long and if you have some type of um, some type of, uh, I guess, similar way of doing this. But I call it the accountability circle in the book. And um, and I learned this from Coach Mantegna at Blair Academy. And he coached uh, Charlie Villanueva and Lou Aldang um, and their schools located in New Jersey. And they've won uh, a lot of games. And he's a speaker at uh, U- the USA Youth uh, Basketball Coach Academies and just one of the, the greatest culture guys I've ever been around. And what they do is they, they circle up after practice for about five to 10 minutes, I believe. And uh, it's something that we do as well. We put our arms around each other and then um, just to kind of start. And then anybody could share. And usually the coach is not the first person to speak. And it's what you can call it accountability circle, celebrations or shout outs, whatever is comfortable for you. And I can, you know, say Terry did a really good job today. Uh, giving high fives and helping up teammates and made sure that we all got huddled up two claps. And when you say two claps, that's how everybody knows that you're done sharing. And then everybody will, you know, clap twice and it's, you know, nice unison. And then anybody can share. And it's, um, and I'm, I coach a middle, the middle school on the assistant, the ultimate Frisbee coach. And uh, these kids have really like, they're like, can I share two coach? And it's just so great. Like they want to shout out their teammates and, and make them feel good. And it's a great way to end practice and um, the advanced version for this is, you know, you could say, hey, you know, Terry did a really good job today on defense. However, like you didn't talk on the, uh, you know, the back screen and we got scored on and we need you to speak up in that situation because we know you can, um, but you didn't bring it today. And so that's like a safe space and the coach can kind of mediate and facilitate what's said. And you can be like, hey, I don't agree with what you said. I understand what you're saying to like, but usually they're they're pretty good about um, holding each other accountable because yes, you want to, you know, be nice and, and support each other, but to be really competitive, you also need to be able to have um, tough conversations and you'd rather do it in a safe space with your team in front of them opposed to behind their back to your teammates or to the parents or, or friends and stuff like that. Like what needs to be said can be said right there. And then, you know, you can move on. So um, those are a few variations of, of that time. And I really suggest doing it even if it's five minutes because you know, running a, a baseline out of bounds play for five minutes or, you know, making your, some of your kids feel really uh, empowered, even if it's a manager or a kid that doesn't really play like that goes a long way in building a, a championship culture. Uh, I, I agree 100%. And, and, and no, we don't do anything like that, but it, it's definitely something again, it, that's, that's really perked my interest in. And one of the things that, that I intend on doing next is uh, I'm going to follow up at practice with with our guys, or our ladies, and and talk about s- some of the things they got from from your book, uh, and then have have my assistant coaches take a peek at it, mm-hmm. and then kind of double back 
with some of these things. And I, and I think that that uh, empowerment circle is, is something that I, I think you can gain something, something from for sure. Uh, re- really, really good stuff. Uh, well, Dan, you know, the, the, the clock, at, clock at the walls is, is, is heading, heading that direction. I, and I don't, like I said, I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, be, before I let you go, I did want to, again, give another plug to your book, um, Help Them Up, 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Your Team. Empower your team to build the championship culture. And again, this is Dan Horwitz. Now, Dan, uh, what is the best email address? And I know we connected on Twitter, Dan Horowitz, H-O-R-W-I-T-Z. What's the best email address for somebody to reach out and get the book or or track you down? Yeah. So, well, I'm very grateful that you responded to, to the Twitter message after I heard your podcast and just a big fan of the platform that you have now and um, your ambition to, you know, go after something like this, despite, um, you know, not being with the best of technology as I'm not either. Um, but you have, you know, so much knowledge to share and, and people want to connect with you. So um, thank you again. And for, uh, for the email, it's contact C-O-N, uh, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-D-A-N-H-O-R-W-I-T-Z at gmail.com. And uh, like you said, Dan Horowitz and the number one on Twitter and then the book help them up is on Amazon. Um, if you just type that in and happy to happy to connect. I spoke with a, a high school coach, a varsity girls coach in uh, Michigan, and uh, he emailed me saying he read it and uh, he just found it on Amazon. And he's um, similar to you. He's going to give it to three captains. He's giving up two principles each and he's giving the based on their personalities. Maybe they need to grow and being uh, one of them, I guess, is a little quieter. So he's making her in charge of the huddles um, because she could be a college level, a D3 player he mentioned. And so he kind of like divvying them up and then his coaching staff has a few and then the rest of the team will have some. Um, so that, you know, just random stuff like that. Like it may, means so much to me when uh, people, you know, ha- I guess um, will we'll buy it and, and learn something. And I told him like, I'm happy to, to get on a Zoom call with his team and help in any way I can. Uh, so, so yeah, so thanks again for the, the opportunity to share about it. Well, Dan, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing, sharing your info with us. Uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. And, and I'll be sure anytime anything uh, that ties into your book uh, occurs, I'll make sure we give you a shout out on Twitter and, and, uh, and, and, and direct people your in your direction. Uh, but Hey, th- thanks again. I, I, I love your book. I know we're going to gain a lot from it, and I know a lot, of, a lot of other coaches will as well. So I appreciate you, my man. All right. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.